How we gonna start it? Thank you so much for coming by today. Thank you for having us. I had to harass for a and while our, to get on, so but thank you for having me. And the special Wait, who was harassing who? I, me, you, or you, me? Well, a I little kinda bit of both? went under on Instagram. I don't, I'm not allowed near my business page because yeah. I'm a bit of a bad girl. So I went under my personal page, which doesn't have many followers. So I kind of do that just to gauge how people treat me. And I'm like, so, like, I would love to hear more ladies on the podcast and kind of like, I kind of baited. I'm baited like, who Carrie is a little this? Bit. Who I know. is this? Yeah, I did. Um, because I'm not as connected with uh, with the personal pages. It's been yeah. happening a lot more for both of us. But And the special guest Don't of the special it. guest yes. is Dan the Man. Dan, what, what's the Instagram handle? I, I, I forget Carrie's. Dan the Weed Man. The weed man. Sarah, would you like to start with yourself? I am just a local main kid. And I mm-hmm. like to say that just because I feel like we're a fucking dying breed in this industry. <laughs> like, born and raised. Um, not just that, it's um, always been a part of my life, second generation grower, all of our parents smoked. It of was gardening or marijuana? And both. 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 Yeah. Just it's always been a part of my life. I mean, the fact it went medical and legal like in my lifetime, I was like cultivated for this. Like if people, sometimes I feel like people knew me in high school. I went to as many fish shows as I could and I sold as much fucking weed as I could. So it's like, Do I you was know like. Eric? Eric. <laughs> Other level gardens? He's a big fish diehard, too. No, I don't. Is he in Portland scene? Mm. Oh, he does. I think he does live in Portland. He does. Yeah. 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 He calls Bates up here in the Lewiston I've area. heard of him. I have yeah. heard of him. Portland, I kind of like shy away from a little but, bit. But uh, like Stefan, Stefan from uh, uh, oh, just the other day. Yeah, from Wolf Pond. Yes. He did the same thing. We had that in conversation outside and inside. Yes, which Wolf Pond, that's my neighborhood. So... That's sort of the origins, the introduction to the lifestyle on your own. Like, you had it before because it was generational. Yeah, so, I mean, that's why it's hard for me sometimes, I think, with it becoming an industry. Because it was always community. I mean, and there wasn't this hyper-competitive edge. We all sold weed. Yeah. So, like, it was... I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, get pissy with my friends who because we were all selling it. Now it's so hyper-competitive. It's so... I mean, I really struggle with it. Because sometimes... Where do you feel like the competitiveness comes from most? Is it store to store? Is it yeah, store uh, cultivator to, store. to cultivator? As I mean, well? cultivator to cultivator, but I feel like there's, I feel like there's competitive there, but there's also respect. But store to store, I mean, I hear people like busting balls over like five percent loss of margins because a new store opened, and it's like really, guys, like there's enough room for everybody at the table, you know? So. Crystal Springs, where Dan is at uh, right now, correct, Dan? Yes. Yeah. It's been uh, one of the, maybe the second one, second or third caregiver storefront that opened up in Lewiston? Yes, it was. The, uh, I believe it was the third. I mean, you joined it a little bit later on. You've yeah. been there for how long now? Uh, I've been there for about eight months now. been a customer of theirs since their first location about six years ago on, I think it was Brickway, mm. off of Washington Ave. Oh, yeah, right. Which is where Lone Pine? Uh, Lone Tree. Lone Tree. Lone Tree, yeah, Lone uh, just gone. moved up there, which is uh, great to have <laughs> another, uh, another cultivator in this area. Again, starting to gravitate towards certain areas. Yeah, so definitely. I'm glad to see that Lewiston's really jamming up with it. The two of you met. This is the reason why you're on here, not only for, for the fact that you guys know each other before, but um, I mean, we've had plenty of experience with you in the past as well through since me and just being in the, yep. in the uh, we could tell early on that we had a, a friendship oh, yeah. and a love for cannabis and, and, the, and the culture of it. Or the lifestyle. So, want to talk about that? How you and Sarah met? Or I don't know how you guys want to tell this story. I mean, honestly, it was a really funny story because, um, like we, I was saying before, you know, um, my first caregiver, um, when I first started having my medical card, was Dave Witt, not a Sticky Butt Farms. Mm-hmm. Um, I really did love his product. I love his showmanship. I did love, you know, how much care he put into his products and his flower. But with there being so many other options out there, I found it hard to stick with that $150 minimum a week for, you know, you had to buy every week. Yeah. Um, so I ended up on a Facebook group one day, and I'm just like, you know, I'm going to put a shot out in the dark. 
And I, you know, made a status saying that I was looking for a new kid. Which group was this? I honestly don't remember to be <laughs> to be completely honest. Not, not Stoner's like, Nation of Maine, was it? No, <laughs> no, it was Maine Medical Marijuana, I believe. I think so, yeah. Was it? Um, and she, out of everyone that I posted, she was the only person that was pretty much like, I will give you a free sample of what I have. If you like it, come back. If you don't, well, at least I tried. Everybody else was just like, oh, yeah, you know, you can come to me. You can DM me. She was the only person that actually took the time to message me after the actual status and made me actually feel like I wanted to go through her because yeah. of that fact. Yeah. Um, and since then, I've pretty much found a home with them. And it's been a, almost, what, seven years now? Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, part of it was... Oh. Sorry, what I just had... <laughs> I love those buttons. Before Farley's was Farley's, that's kind of uh, service, and that's the yeah. kind of uh, bond you wanted to create. Yeah. I'm sure it must have been difficult to some degree knowing that you weren't going to be in the store. Yeah. How were you going to let people know that this is how Farley's is known? I mean, through staffing and just through really training. We're huge with training the staff. I mean, I genuinely, I have to like the person for me to hire them. Like, I want people that are likable. I want people... It's not about the sale. It's about the relationship. And that's, yeah. like, with Dan. It goes beyond what's on paper. Yes, for you. exactly. Like, I would rather... Click with the person. Yes. But I'd rather have somebody come in, not have a product that we want, but have them leaving feeling like they've, A, learned something, enjoying themselves, met somebody really fucking cool, or just enjoy it because down the road, they'll... Willing so, to come back. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I've got reviews before and people never even bought anything just because they're like, wow, like it was a great spot. But well, it seems like, yeah, the, your location, I haven't I haven't been to it yet, uh, but I've seen some pictures of it. You don't look like a, any cannabis store I've really seen. You know, it looks like something that like should be in a small, quaint town. Now, I don't know where Woolwich is. That might yeah. be a small, quaint town. I mean, that's kind of like everywhere in Maine. But It is, but we were super intentional with that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be like the anti-cannabis store almost right. in a way. I wanted it to be more like... Like the picture almost made it look like a, a cafe, like a place yeah. you almost stop to grab coffee. And yeah. But, you know, at the same time, or like a like an antique shop from the outside. It looked really like, you know, really main. Beautiful look, woodwork. Yes. Beautiful really, woodwork. That's, it had some really good, like, just really good aesthetic to it. That's yeah. one thing I noticed right away. I was like, oh, shit, I got to get there. Yeah. You know? It's funny because my dad is a builder. Mm -hmm. And before we got into this, he was a builder. And it's funny when people come in who knew woodwork, they're like, they're not looking at the weird. They're like, man, look at those 20-inch planes. It's like you can tell when they know, like, good pine and good work, so... But it was funny, too, when Dan and I first met on there, I was kind of bored. I wouldn't really, like, pander to people anymore, but I saw a bunch of people were, like, commenting, like, come get my weed, come get my weed, and I just, just felt like swinging my dick a little bit that day. I mean, to be honest, I was like, because as soon as i jump in the conversation, people would be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, instantly she was the only one talking to me at that point. Yeah, like Everyone they all stopped. just like, because yeah. I, I pretty much said to him, I said, I believe in my stuff. I'm not going to sell it to you. I'm going to fucking give it to you. If you don't like it, cool. If not, we met. I like Nobody uh, else was going to make that offer. No, but that's how much I believed in our, my product. And that's why it's always been for me. It's never been about the sale. It's just been about the relationship. Plus, I had some really good fucking weed. And I like to give it, I like to share it. So it was like, but that was back in the day too when. The game's definitely gone up. It has gotten better. Oh, it's yeah. got way better. And that's, I've really had to just push and push myself with like breeders, genetics, techniques. It's been a whole. It wouldn't be, it would be fair to say that a lot of people who are cultivators have uh, had a room size upgrade in the last couple of years. Yes. And so, in, everybody will tell you it's easy to grow in a, in a, closet or it's easy to grow in a, a small space you know yeah. a basement even that's maybe 20 by 20 or something like that yeah. low ceilings and stuff they'll say if you can pull it off you can make these things work and and then you go to a garage and then you move up yeah. notches from there um is it there have been some inconsistencies but there have been some earmarks that people have put forth that you're like damn they're really making a mark here yeah. and and, and that's fascinating to me because there are larger growths than there were than everybody's comfort zone had been at one point. Yes. Is I that mean, fair? But when we were first starting out, we were probably had one of the larger, you know, not larger, but, you know, people are still doing really small grows. But now we're in the process of building up. But, you know, don't don't down those basement grows. They used no, to call no, me the no, basement those are great. queen. They call me the bee queen. <clears throat> so. Not downing it at all. It's, yeah. a, it's a point where... 
Northern Terps was on here as well. Yeah. That's that's where they were growing in their basement yeah. for the longest time. Actually, their respect. parents' basement. Yeah. Some people say so. that the best weed comes from people that have really well-built grows in I the believe it. I believe it. And, like, I mean, honestly, yeah, back in the day, like, the most yeah. fire shit I was getting was from a basement or from yeah. someone's shed that had been, like, completely yeah. redone. Yeah, closet like grows, really basement nice. grows. I mean, if you didn't cut your teeth doing that, like, I don't want to smoke your fucking weed. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, honestly, like, because those, those are the people who were doing it for the love. They were doing it because you could only turn so much profit so off a basement of grow. Brick weed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You were using soil. In the basement? Nope, I do. Or I do a mixture. A cocoa mix. I do a cocoa mix. Yep. I do also sometimes I play around with it a lot. I mean, my dad, who's my business partner, gets furious with me because I'm always playing, you with know, the playing around with yep. stuff. Just, but it's. I think it's always about wanting to be better, wanting to get better. I mean, if we sit at the same, you know, the same standard operating procedures we started years ago, nothing's gonna evolve. And I mean. I always say if I'm the best grower in the room, then I better watch out because there's 10 kids coming up that are, you know, chasing my heels, you know, yeah. that are trying to improve. I think that's definitely like a, in any aspect in life, just always trying to remember that it, anything in life, if it's, it, it's really range true. If, if, if you're the biggest, the baddest, the fastest, the most wealthy right then and now, you're going to get yeah. replaced no matter what sector you're in. It, it always works like that, you know, so you always got to keep on like. That being settling just for where you're at doesn't really work on anything, especially the cannabis industry. We've seen it. There's a lot of people that have stepped their fucking game up, yep. and the underdogs are now pushing the people and they're going past the people that were once, you know, yep. some really big names. And I think that's that's cool. You know, you're seeing some people that are really starting to put work in, and it, it makes the whole industry better. It's yep. pure yeah, it really does, especially <clears throat> when it comes to those people that were already at the top when it all started becoming medical, and then you had like these really big name hash makers that almost became complacent where they're just like, okay, I'm at the top of the game. You know, I don't really need to work any harder. And now all these guys that are coming up, like, you know, um, I can't remember, like ice water extracts and things like that. And all mm-hmm. these people that are coming up with these new techniques that are pushing that envelope even further onto these, you know, old school people that are just like, oh, you know, I have this tech for 30 years. You know, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to be the best at it. Right. You either... You brought this up as, uh, and that's a good point, Dan. In, in some ways, maybe you shouldn't be processing or creating your own hash. Uh, you should have somebody else who would do that for you if you're not going to invest in being. It's a step that you would take in becoming single source, and you brought that up as an issue that you saw in the industry as well because single source aren't looking to work collaboratively with people. They're looking to eliminate yes. competitions. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, controlling it. Before, before we deviate though from that point, I think it's true, though, about, like, the advancing and, like, the, how people – there's a lot of hash makers that you see who are really trying to hold on to, like, the old style of hash, and that's fine. I don't mm-hmm. think anyone – you don't see a lot of the new – no one that was doing it was really hating on the OGs until, like, I feel like a lot of those people started to take offense and, like, oh, it's – you know, color doesn't always matter and this and that. And it's like, well, yeah, dude, but, it, you know – you're so progressive. These guys are always so progressive on everything else. Yep. And then on this, they're like stuck in their ways. Oh, exactly. if I you know, hear the like- CRC argument one more time, it makes me my head want to pop off. <laughs> you know, it's like people either love it or hate it. But I'll tell you what, for, you know, I'm a cultivator. That's what I do. We have the store, but I'm, that's more or less, I love it because I love people. Like I'm an extrovert. I love hearing people's stories, meeting people about, tell right. you what, for hash, no one will school you more than Jen Doe. I mean, that bitch can. Process. I mean, she can grow too. I mean, mm-hmm. but processing. She taught me so much about when she ran my material, just about how no processor had ever taught like taught me about like Took how to time, care about that. it to get the best possible result. She's like, well, how you know? She even said, well, how do you usually do it? I'm like, oh well, if I'm doing fresh frozen, I'm taking off and I'm going. Whoosh. She's I, like, no, do not <laughs> do that. She's like. I hate to be that person that, like, puts a number one on someone, but, like, it, she's definitely in, like, my top three of flour that I've ever smoked. She's, Carrie, we, yeah, we yeah I agree. The, I agree. The Her flour was, like, is through amazing. On through. You could tell the flush. It was just an awesome smoke. Honestly. Her full melt, too, it was, is, is Oh, yeah, the, the full melt. But, it, I mean, like, it, I was just amazed because, yeah, I mean, at Gendo, you expect awesome full melt and stuff like yeah. that. But, you know, and she's, like, that the U.S. hash queen or the, yeah. and all that stuff. But the flower, you didn't. I didn't expect all that. Fire in, fire out, man. And and it it, it, it was great. It really was. It was just really awesome. And it came from a mason jar. You know, there was no fancy packaging. I mean, granted, we weren't. It wasn't like I was there as our caregiver too. We were just hanging out as friends at that point because we were all working together. And 
You know, she we learned a lot from her. She taught a lot, and uh, yeah, she teaches people a lot of stuff. But that's too. what I love about Jen, because I feel like so many people in this industry, it's getting so cutthroat, so like alpha, so hyper competitive, and Jen is always down to like educate even on little posts or about also mistakes like her and I joke about you know you post on Instagram a picture of your grow room but we'll joke about there's 300 pictures and how you took out the yellow leaves and how you you know set the lighting because it's like I feel like for the average grower who's getting into it can get discouraged seeing you know we need I feel like we need to highlight our mistakes more that's why I love Heroes of the Farm out in Oregon he's from Maine originally Pat and he does the Zeros of the Farm where he talks about the mistakes I mean we had aphids a few years ago, and somebody I knew at the time was like, don't you dare mention you had aphids. I was like, it's like you grow long enough, you're going to get everything. Yeah, I mean, that's I my that. school of thumb. I mean, if I don't, and it's almost like the growers I know of, like, I've never got bugs. I'm like, well, you, ain't, you either aren't, haven't looked close enough, or you ain't been doing this long, so... Yeah. Or you're doing something wrong. Yeah, or you're yeah, spraying, or you're yeah. spraying oh, yes. something you shouldn't. Yes, you know? exactly. So I think it's like, I really like the way she highlights... That stuff, and I think we need to have more education about, you know. When did you guys meet? Was it when you had some hash? Did, did yeah, she, she do hash yep, for you? Yep, she processed some, processed some hash for us. Raspberry hash plant. She was nervous about running it because I think it was the raspberry. but Because she literally On, researches uh, yeah. the strains before she processes it, makes sure it's going to be a good producer. For I mean, she goes so far above and beyond. It's mm-hmm. It's unreal with her level. She has like, some really cool tech, like, tips, too, that she posts yep. on while She's posted some stuff about the Gavita hoods, you know, expanding oh, yeah. those, which I thought was actually really useful oh, if you're talking been, yep. about, you know, it's just those small things. Uh, yep. And even, like, showing into, like, how you how you cool the room. A yep. lot of people don't know about the cool bot, you know, unless yep. you talk to someone. that. And how are you going to talk to someone that is going to give you that information most of the time unless you're on that level that you're a friend that you could already ask. Yeah, yes. exactly. You know, so, I mean, that's just one of those weird things where she is more open to some of that stuff. And I yeah. think that it does it. I think there needs to be more pages, uh, more pages like that. There's another guy, too, that I fall from Hawaii. He does a damn good job. He doesn't do anything. He's a small-time processor, but... Um, he just gives all these weird tech tips it's about like so cleaning a dabber yeah. and all this stuff, and it's like weird shit. But he has a massive following from it, and people really like it because they're learning something. Yeah, you know? and I feel like so many of us in this industry want to portray like perfection or we're the best. It's became so competitive when it's you know that's why I miss like the community of it because when we had mistakes, we'd call people. I mean, I have people that I call all the time like, oh, this is going on. I mean, or. You know, what could this be? And it could be something foolish as the wind, you know. It, there's, like, AJ's big on wind. He's like, yeah. oh, you got a wind vortex happening. You need to put some cardboard <laughs> on that. I'm like, uh. But it's something I wouldn't have thought at. You know what I mean? Like, Has AJ been to your to your place? No. No. Well, you guys are friends, so yes? Or, or, or know each other? Know of each we, other? We know of each other. Okay. Yes. Sure. No, you echoed uh, a couple of the of different points that you had brought up to about uh, the mistakes and being able to share and talking yeah. about that. And, you know, admitting that consistency is a difficult process too and keeping your environment clean all the time. I mean, yep. that's an ongoing battle and, and you're never going to have it 100%. It's like talking about the aphids. Never was yeah. there before, yep. no one never encountered Oh, so. when I get aphids, we do not take clones from other people. We have a shower. We change. We close. And that's when my mentor had to say to me, you will get everything. I was like, I did everything right. I was, like, literally in tears. I'm like, how did this happen? Like, I didn't make any of the typical mistakes. Aphids like, typically well, hollow out a crop, don't they? Or Aphids? Well, I root aphids. Oh, root aphids, aphids would are even harder because then you think you have fungus gnats because they look so similar. You're literally in a microscope looking at the thorax compared to the body, and, you know, it literally comes down to that. Having a microscope is probably the best buy I ever bought, like a real microscope, not a 120. My friend Luna out in California is probably one of the best growers I know, and she's big into Korean natural farming, soil science, and just, you know, I was shocked how many people just use, like, a 120 scope. It's like, it's hard to really analyze, you know, you know, pest management. Mm -hmm. I mean, I see some people all the time, they'll show a picture of a leaf. Oh, you got this. It's like, well, unless you have positive confirmation, you have no idea what it is. But there's still letting shit rip left and right. It's like, come on, guys, be better than that. Yeah, you see of that a lot, like the outdoor season, all these people in these stoner groups or, you know, grow chat rooms that are like, oh, you know, my plant's a little yellow, show a picture. And then you have 150 comments and each one's a different answer. Or you get the twisted leaf. And what is this always? Russet mites. Yeah. 
Dan, you keep your eye a lot on uh, different tech and different uh, things that are going on in gardens. Have you? Did you grow for a little while? I did for a little bit. I mean, my passion is more in the customer base and the in the patient base. Yeah, I like to educate the. The consumer more. It's in the smoking base. No, um, and we'll get that too. I mean, I, <laughs> he see, knew that's where the end result I mean, was I, coming. I love to grow, but it. for me, it's more like I have a hard time seeing something like I grow and then smoking it myself mm-hmm. just because I, you know, put months into this plant. I'm actually like, you love it. So, yes, it does, you know, for me, it's more like I want to educate everybody on, you know, the proper proper dosing of different things or, you know, why does this edible work opposed to, you know, this edible, like how a chocolate bar will fetch completely different than like a hard candy or a lollipop. Are edibles a conversation you have a lot in stores? Yes, very it much It is, so. isn't it? Probably um, more than anything else, like the unknown? Yes. Well, I mean, at Crystal, like we make all of our edibles in-house. Yeah. Um, so we do get a lot more questions and I feel like a lot of stores that outsource a lot of their edibles because we can answer 90% of the questions that we have. Mm-hmm. Like... Literally down to every detail of, you know, how much medicine goes in, um, you know, the ingredients, where we get the ingredients from. A lot of people have been more cautious about that, especially with, you know, the keto diets becoming a lot bigger than they used to be. People want to have those more healthier alternatives that aren't just completely loaded with sugar. Technic, that one, or where, whoever that... Yeah, I went to the Humble uh, Harvest Fest and Technic. They had some really 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 good edibles so like at the time i was my stomach was relatively upset to be completely honest you know just and i was not eating a lot of sweet stuff but i really wanted to try it i read the back of the ingredients they replaced a lot of their dough with like mashed potato it was like i'm pretty sure they were vegan that and it didn't upset my stomach at all and that was like the first sweet thing plus it had cannabis in it so there was like a dual chance that it was gonna you know upset my stomach and i wasn't gonna feel too good but it, it was good because it had good ingredients and i think it's like it's kind of like what we've been preaching about, you know, good qual, good, fire in, fire out. And yeah. that's exactly. the same with anything, you know. You know and Tastely Baked is another one if we're going to give yes, As far exactly. as the edibles, they seem to be doing a really good job um, keeping it local. And you definitely have to remember, especially, you know, plants, edibles, anything when you're consuming it, you're going to want to spend that little extra to make sure you have those premium ingredients. Because a chocolate bar made from, you know, premium chocolate melts from, you know, Switzerland or something like that is going to taste way better than, you know, the stuff you buy up at Hobby Lobby. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to be melting something off and putting that as your end product. Yeah. I think, too, is educating the consumer because pre-stores, 10 cents a milligram was the average, at least, you know, for caregiver to patient sales. Yep. So when we went to stores and we had to wholesale buy it for 10 cents a milligram, my brain's like, how hard is it to melt sugar in fucking water? Like, come on, guys. Like, come on. But that was just me being ignorant, you know, cultivator. When they're like, well, come on, Sarah. Like, how hard is it to grow plants? So, you know. Mm, oh, they were ready for that oh, one, yeah. weren't they? On the cultivation point, we talked a little bit about education. You brought something up that I think a lot of people battle with, and maybe we could just use a moment to approach it. Like, is there any common things you would recommend for people to do if they get some commonly occurring problems? Say, like, PM, you know, it's nothing that we've ever talked about here before, but I do think people that listen sometimes they're going through that, you know, PM, the fungus gnats, I mean, uh, you know, the root aphids, those things. What are some common things that you might do to either help prevent that overall or if you want to dive into I mean, for cleanliness is everything. We shower, we change shoes. I mean, we're doing a new build out. We're even putting a washer and dryer in there. So those clothes will never leave the building. We even have Property of the grow. Yes, we even have the mats outside. Like they have in um, pharmacies where you step on them and you take one off every time. Um, You know, and also picking up dead leaves. I mean, my grow, I would feel confident if you said, hey, I'm coming by tomorrow, I could walk you through it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't ever hesitate about it. You always want to leave it. Cleanliness is everything. Also, um, you know, note-taking. We document everything. I mean, documentation is huge to literally, like, we put up the yellow strips. We count the Talking squares. about documenting. Documenting just changes. Yeah, like, when like, you're altering the room? No, just no. documentation. In the plant. Like, of everything. Everything. Every, like, a plant. journal of the day as far as yes. what you did, yep. what were the plants looking like, yes. color, and also any the sticky stuff. tags, you know, they have the squares mm-hmm. literally counting, you know, okay, so there's the square was 10% full. Next week at this time is at 15% full. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. little things like that. Also, we do weekly samples of the leaf of you know the soil of just whatever under a microscope to see because so much is hidden that we can't see and just every really good grower I know has a like fanatical attention to detail Mm -hmm. that's why I think women don't get enough credit because I think as women you know we're like 
we're always on it. We're always looking for something, you know. So it's like, as mothers, when we walk into a room, we see our children, we can read our child. Mm -hmm. You know, is he cranky? Is he happy? Is he tired? Is he hungry? But with the plants, they are like my children. I mean, I can walk in, even with the environment, you can walk in and notice, pay attention to detail. I feel like a lot of people don't always give it, they think just because the plant looks good. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's like, oh, man, you have no idea what's lurking under that, so... I know. I, I felt like when uh, my experience when when growing, I, I know that things weren't as pretty as what they looked like yeah. in veg. And then when I switched over to the flower cycle, and about two weeks later, it looks like shit. Yeah. And I didn't realize that. Yeah, you um, win. You're gonna win. Those are steps veg. you don't know. Yeah. Um, and I and I would always probably preach back to environment is environment. so key, keeping it as sterile as possible. And yet. I'm not going to lie. I've been in a lot of grows through the years. That wasn't always the case. Oh, no. We you know have, I mean? we're cleaning the, we're sanitizing the barrels weekly. They get cleaned daily. The sub pumps. I mean, there's charts for how much we're cleaning. Everything filters. I mean, my dad comes from, I said, uh, construction. So it's all about like cleaning and orderliness. I mean, he built me a dumbwaiter to bring stuff out. We're, we work smarter, not harder over there. And it's, but it's all about, the long-term goal of just keeping, I mean, we're being mother nature. And I always tell people wanting to grow and you front load your costs into your equipment. Cause if you're sitting there fucking around with a dehu who's just wide open. Yeah. So when the lights are on, you're at like 36% humidity lights out. You're at 50. Those stomas are going to close up and your, your yields are already fucked. Stomas. I haven't heard that term before. Sorry. It's stomachs. how the leaves like the, breathe. Okay. Yeah, Biology that's very important. So, so it goes kind back of choking to, it off? Yeah, it goes back to the vapor pr pressure deficit, VPD. Okay. Which I think people are getting more and more, you know, into paying attention to, you know, as the game rises, we're all looking at how we can better utilize the plant. What analytics can you go off of other than just the plant looks more yellow? You know, like it ha yes. it, there is more stuff you can look at now that I think helps. Yes, and even certain strains I notice respond differently to different ones. But for me, I know... We're from the old school. You never raised that humidity above 60%. I mean, it was fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. nailed into our head. So for me, you know. It was gospel. It was gospel. gospel to keep those I mean, numbers. I'm told I'm running LEDs now in veg and I'm told to crack it up to 70. And I'm like, oh my God, it's getting hot in here. I can't even think about doing that. But it's, I'm learning. 80. I hear of 80. Don't even carry no, down. Don't even go that high. Don't I even know. talk about 80. I know, but I am learning because it's not so much the humidity, it's a relative humidity. It's how yeah. much that plant's perspiring. So. Right. But it's those little things I think that's causing us to up, you know, that's upping the game because everybody's doing those. Right. Well, maybe not everybody, but. So now, it also just kind of wanted to dive in. Like, would you mind telling me a little bit about your role at Farley's? And kinda, I kind of just want to know the communication between, you know, a head grower. Because you identified yeah. someone that was your head grower. What type of communication do you have with, like, the head grower? And, like, the involvement? Or, or what do you expect someone that is or was a grower at some point yeah. now has stepped back to a CEO type role? Yes. What do you think that communication normally is I mean, for someone? Well, I think for somebody, I don't know. I think it would be different. But for myself, we're very family-based. Farley's is myself and my parents. Mm -hmm. um, and the grower used to live with me, Billy. Mm -hmm. He's like my little brother. Like right. uh, He had little to no cannabis experience, which I kind of like. You got I mold it. Uh, yeah, in, like, people how come want. in and they'll apply. They'll be like, I've done this, I've done this. And I'm like, see ya. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> I hard just, to break a mold for Especially, sure. I think, being a woman. Sometimes it's hard to get some of the old school guys to be to listen. Sometimes a little and bit of like almost like chivalry in a sense. Yes, you know? <laughs> yes, I love it too. Like when young kids come in the store, it's like, "Who grew this?" And they're like, they point to me. They're like, "Oh, the middle aged mom." I'm like, <laughs> "See ya." But no, but no. I think with the, I mean, it's it's probably my relationship with Billy. It's probably one of the most important relationships in my life because you have to have a level of trust. Between, you know, your grow, especially when you're a cultivator like me, and now I'm in a different level of it, Matt. But Billy is, I mean... How long have you and Billy known each other or, or worked correspond together? I think it's together? going on four years, I think. Yeah. But, I mean, he's my right hand. I, I, there's, there's certain things... How'd you, you guys meet? Or was that already... He possible? met through a, um, an old friend of ours. We met through a mutual friend. Sure, so. yeah. He actually was working for... Billy was working for him, but Billy chose me. <laughs> He jumped ship. He jumped ship. He no, he made the right choice, Carrie. <laughs> he chose the winning team. 
It's not that the ship was sinking on the other end. It's just he wanted something different. It might not have sunk, but there's definitely water coming in. <laughs> oh, come but, on, man. There's yeah. too much smiling between the two of you. You know things. Yes. How come you're not talking about it, Dan? No, don't say it. Don't say anything. Dan knows. But no, but Billy is, I mean, he's like my little brother. It's the level of trust. I mean, it's really hard to trust people with your plants. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an extension of who I am because not only do we, you know, I don't take clones. So every strain we grow, I'm pheno hunting. So I'm literally researching breeders. And I mean, a pheno hunt is like, it's like being pregnant for two years. <laughs> it really is. I mean, because you're putting so much time and energy. It's, it's people think it's just popping seeds. It's you want to go? You want to go into genetics more personally? Not breeding, breeding? myself. No. no, I think. But it interests you. It definitely genetics is. I mean, I always tell people I'm an okay. I'm an okay grower. I just pick really good genetics. And that's what I tell people all the time, you know, because you can be the best grower and have shitty genetics and be okay, but you can be an okay grower. And have Dan really and good I genetics. were talking about yeah. when, uh, from, from a consumer and from seeing, um, I, might, I might have the opportunity to come across three or four Tropicana cookies. I might Ooh. be able to come across three or different four grows who are going to have. Uh, I don't know, uh, throw in um, a few others, you know, um, whether it's a banana, uh, OG, uh, there's yeah. a lot of interpretations of that going on right now. Yeah. Uh, so we get to, we get to sort of look at it and judge and, and, yeah. and you start going back to some continually because you you have some, you have the chance to go back to some because you like the flavor profiles. We talk a lot about uh, how gardens are, are composed, put yeah. together, the flavors you're choosing and how it comes through. What I would like to see do, honestly, is this is one thing I'd always love to see is a grow-off. Pick the best growers in the state. Let's get some, like, old-school brickweed. I was going to say, I DC remember this to, conversation. I've talked about this for years. What, what, what? This is my I dream. haven't heard this. So she wanted to this get, is my dream. A, a, like, an ounce of just, like, straight no, like commercial weed. <laughs> get all the seeds No, not commercial. It. I want brown brickweed. And I want, like, the shit that gave you migraines in 96 that we oh, like before. Oh, like the town brown. Yes. Old-school, like, I want that. But I bet there's some fucking weed. fire in there, dude. I bet there's... But I want to take the old-school... Like Mexican brickweed, and I want to take the best growers in the state, and let's let's throw down. So you want to take the seeds from that? Yes. So it's uh, totally up. I bet. Uh, who knows what's Should in Should everybody be able to grow like three or four of them just in case? Bad yeah. representations, good representations? Yes. Yeah. I, I would allow three seeds each. I would love that. I that think happened. that would be awesome. Just who has to access? Say. Who's still holding? I mean, I, I could probably find some seeds laying around somewhere. <laughs> no, but I want to, and it has to come from like the same. The brick. Oh, yeah, all from yeah. one grouping. Yeah. Yeah, sure. let's, I just think that would be really cool because everybody's, you know, loves to show off with their, you know, what their, is it? the strains they have, the purples colors. and the cookies and the, you know, I'd like to see, like, let's, let's kick an old school style. Let's see who, because I, I bet there'd be some fire in there. I mean, I know a lot of people back in the day that would grow their yeah. homegrown or their green bud yeah, from green our bud. seeds, and it would always be amazing. Yeah, right. That's yeah, what Maine green bud like was. You know, just the, the cast-offs, the, yeah. the seeds that you... Is that how it all started, sort of? I mean, even for me down in Massachusetts... Easiest like, way, people were popping them, and all of a sudden you did. got something going. Yeah. Growing up in Massachusetts, like, when I was 15 years old, when I first really got into, you know, the business side of things. How long ago, uh, how long have you been in Maine? I've been now? in Maine for 10 years now. Yeah, you've been here a while. Um, yeah. I moved up here when I was 20 years old. Um, <clears throat> my mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer mm-hmm. when she moved up here. So I wanted to be closer to her and actually, like, be there for her like she was for me growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was, you know, 15 years old, first started smoking all that stuff, I would always hear, you know, whispers of Maine green bud or Maine weed. It was literally all that any stoner or any pothead down in Massachusetts would talk about because Massachusetts back then maybe a handful of quality growers and the rest was just marsh brick weed mm. and there was no ifs, ands, or buts it was either oh I got homegrown I have kind bud or I have marsh beasters
Yeah, you, know, you talk a lot communally. Oh, community is huge to me just because I, when I came up, this wasn't an industry. It was a community. It was like, you know, like starting out, you know, buying. I'd get ounces off my friend on Dead Tour when I was 14 for $60 and roll the school year joints and then go sell those and smoke for free. I mean, it wasn't to make money. It was to, you know, it was about community for me. It always has been. My best friends and I, that's how we became best friends was from smoking weed together and our parents smoked weed with their friends and it was just it wasn't it wasn't an industry and I do struggle sometimes I think with seeing the transition of that so with Farley's community is everything to me like there's people that come in that you know they're like family to me like it's 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 been hard as I've got busier and expanding because it's like everybody I knew everyone's name I knew their kids like I knew they're just not people to me and I think that's where I've struggled with wreck it's like I don't want to custody these people out like these people made it so I could be me you kept you kept your prices uh, as affordable as you possibly could yes and I always say that cause some people say well why does this cost this much I said well it reflects the wholesale market like my prices if I get a better price on wholesale I'm not going to upcharge it just because I did it's reflective in all of Farley strains. You'll never see something cost more than 35 and 90% of them cost 25 and eighth mm. because I believe in it's medicine for some people. Exactly. It's even if it's not like for cancer or whatever, I believe a lot of people use it mental health wise. You know, who was it? Was it Bob Marley who said, you know, all cannabis is medicinal. Yep. I believe it was who said that and I'm a firm believer in that, whether you, you realize that or not. I mean, I'm definitely a testament to that because, you know, growing up, I mean, my medication list was a mile long. So, you know, psychiatric drugs, antipsychotics, you name it, I've been on it. And the more that I started to realize that, you know, when I smoked, I didn't feel the need to take the medications because I, you know, mentally was stable, I was happy. And I felt that the long-term damage of the, you know, pharmaceutical psychiatric medications, you know, they, they kill your liver, they kill your kidneys, they destroy your body mm-hmm. yes you know smoking realistically no matter what you're smoking isn't the healthiest thing but i would take smoking weed over taking any type of psychiatric medication because i know the damages that cannabis can do to my lungs mm-hmm. but it's a lot easier to take in than oh you know five years down the line you know you could go into renal failure because of all the meds you've been on yeah right yeah, the the addiction level and what it does to the body in such a short period of time of use, which is if it's uh, going to be a, a daily thing for somebody or a couple times a day, whatever drug they're choosing, I think you want to find the one that's going to be least impactful on your body. Exactly. And, and something you can understand and feel like there are yeah. good health benefits to it. I think there's also education pieces we need to do because I'm also big in the recovery community and people are thinking, well, I can just quit using heroin and smoke weed and they're missing out on that trauma piece that they have to heal and you know it needs you need you can't just i think it's irresponsible of some places that are just promoting that it's there needs to be more to it than just getting it's a tool recovery it's not the recovery itself now i'm gonna be uh doing an interview with a friend of mine or 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 an acquaintance Uh, his name's marty and he's worked in mental health and he's worked in addiction marty o'brien uh yes you know marty i love marty marty Marty's going to come on. I um, mentioned myself to Marty when I'm a recovering heroin addict, and my mom dragged me literally by my collar to Marty's house and said, what do we do with this child? Like, I mean, I had track marks on my neck, my arms, everything. Marty is the shit. Marty saved my life numerous times. Marty and I were involved in a documentary together called A Call to Return from, like, 2004. Really? Yes, yes. Yeah, Marty and I have done some cool stuff together. Wow. I had no idea. Yes, he's awesome. Marty's a radical dude. I uh, met him from, uh, I was involved in the art scene here in Lewiston, Auburn, and so Marty was as well with the Pepperall Mill, and he was doing some different works. He was trying to have people use art as a as a therapy yeah marty's um, probably an addiction he's one of the most fascinating he's probably the coolest like if it. i had to pick like who was the coolest person i've ever met it'd probably be marty well i'm so happy to be having him on here yeah. soon so he would I'm drive up and like he'd drive a mercedes he'd have on like this like vest and then he'd be talking to me and i think he like 
didn't even have a driver's license at the time. It's just like going, he's just a badass. And he looks like, like a beatnik poet you'd meet. Oh, absolutely. See? I mean, he just looks cool. But you know, cool. He, he probably, uh, I'm assuming he does poetry. Or he's written oh, poetry Oh, I'm sure he does. He's, or if not, literature. Like his, I mean, his grandsons are like professional skateboarder. I mean, he's just a badass, Marty. Yeah. I love you, Marty. But Marty's helped me at some of my worst times, so. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's gonna, and that was one of the things uh, to highlight exactly what you both were saying. Don't use it as that uh, that express to to treat treating yourself. No, it's a part of. Yeah. It's not the. I answer. did teach Marty how to use a cartridge. Did you? <laughs> yes. I don't know. You maybe. showed him where the trash can was. <laughs> yes, exactly. So. Just kidding. Well, it's funny that you said that about you know it being a tool in recovery. I was reading a couple days ago, actually, really awesome quote that really made you know makes me think of this. It's if um, you don't heal from what has hurt you, you are going to bleed on someone that never cut you. Yes, and I it, saw that. that literally... Were you on Pinterest, Dan? No. no Pinterest talk, is really. awesome. I'll I love, I've got into Pinterest hard lately. But, I mean, it really does fit because... It can happen know, in phases. Yes. Not, I can say... Like my emo you know, self coming out. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, <laughs> Crying like at night looking at Pinterest. You know, turn to drugs, turn to drugs because of some type of, you know... Trauma. Physical or mental trauma. Yeah. And if you don't address that issue primarily, then you're going to end up, you know, going back to the same habits that, you know, concealed that. Well, they're not habits. They're coping mechanisms. True. You know, it's always, I always said life, drugs were never my problem. They were my solution. Life was my problem. I didn't know how to live life. You know, and I think that's why cannabis has been huge because in some ways by cultivating the plant, it's, you know, addicts are selfish creatures. I mean, I can be very selfish, but the plant demands you not be selfish. Like, you get what you put in. Like, if I am preoccupied and not focusing on the plant, it's going to show. It really does. You have to give it your full focus. You have to. You have to. And if you or don't... it's not going to give back. That motherfucker is going to pin you down every time, and it's like, oh, I should have done this, you know? No. And it's like, it lets you know once you get to a certain point. And that's why I think, too, with the wreck coming, it's like... You're only going to be able to get so large and so big. I mean, it's going to show. It's going to show in your work, you know? Like, it's... I think anything above 10,000 feet, you're going to lose something. I believe that's the largest canopy you can hit. You feeling like it's a two-person operation on the most part? More like, depending upon how big... That's sustainable? Two or to more three people per room if no, you have that big I don't think so. No. I don't think so. I think the more hands you have in, the more it's going to muddy up. I think... You gotta have it automated. You gotta have it dialed in. But like, you gotta be combing through that canopy every day. Like, if I'll tell you what, if somebody's not looking at every plant every day, like something's gonna go off left. I mean, I've walked, I've done consulting on some beautiful grow rooms. I'll tell you what, you look under that canopy. There's so much funky shit. It must be looking under the skirt of a very dirty girl. You know, it's like <laughs> she's really pretty up top, but you look, it's like, whoa, what's going on down here? True, so. true that. Yeah, it's when they'll dress in shirt. But I think, too, like you mentioned about the shops, and I think the shops are also about, like, where they're located, the clientele you get, and the image you have, like, because where it's myself and my parents in the town we grew up in, we get a lot more, I think, of the mainstream people that are have curious, have questions. That's why I said I don't even care if people buy something. My dad disagrees with that. Love you, Dad. But I mean, he wants everybody to buy something. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> but no. But for me, it's all about that experience because I feel like knowledge is power, and if they can get that, and we are always encouraging people too to go to other stores. I'm always a big believer. I tell people all the time, like, where else to find? Frost Factory is one I always give shout out to because I think they have fire. I think. You know, Sensi Sensi, Kind of Acres in Bitterford, you know, like, he was there when we started Sheepskit Medicinal. She doesn't have a store, but, man, that girl can Alicia. <sighs> yeah. Unbelievable. You talked about it before. Unbelievable. Yeah. She's, like, the best-kept secret of Maine. I'll tell you what. But she wants to keep it that way, right? She, yeah, she does. <laughs> she probably doesn't even want me saying her name. I know. Roots tried to get her on a podcast, too. He's like, can that you call her for me? I called her. No way, no how. But she's the one, like, a lot of people call when they have issues of the larger grows. And I think what a lot of people realize is a lot of us like came from the same place in Jefferson. Like a lot of the main kids came from Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Where Sensi Sensi um, from Jake, you know, whether we learned from Jake directly or somebody did, I mean, you can tie, you know, we're like second generation from them. Alicia was there, you know, Kind Acres was there. 
few others. Were there a couple others uh, in that group that are also second generation? Yes. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yes, yes. I'm not going to mention them. But. No, no, no. That's fine. <laughs> well, no, but it, it made sense. Yes. No. There is of the main, yeah, of the main pull, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with like outsiders because I think there's some of my good friends or outsiders that came here, but I think we also need to celebrate the Mainers who've been here on the ground floor pre-medical, pre-legalization that have been here, you know, kicking down the doors of the state house and really pushing for the program we have here. Like, it was veterans organizations that were in the oh, front. Oh, the veterans were the foremost. ones, this was before social media, they were the ones that were at the, you know, post offices and the supermarkets really like hammering it in, you know, and asking for it. And I, I appreciate it because I think lots of stores do those veterans discounts, but I feel like on Veterans Day last year, we gave away a bottle of tincture to every single one that walked in. Oh, that's great. No questions asked. Yeah. I didn't want to see your card. You tell me, if you're going to lie to me, you're, here's the tincture. Like, I don't care. It was all I mean, about giving back. It's still worth it. kind of a piece of shit, but I mean, that's besides the point. Well, yeah, but it wasn't, <laughs> I didn't want to. I feel like there's, you know, so many times it's like, you got to prove this, prove that. It's like, these motherfuckers have proved enough. Like, Most of the there, time when we, when we deal with veterans or people that say they're veterans, I don't really require seeing the card because, realistically, most people aren't going to lie about that because it, it's kind of one of those things that it's just frowned upon in every culture and every scene. You know, yeah. to actually, you know, fake that valor and that honor, that, that title that people get when they serve or when they protect this country, mm -hmm. it's, it's something that, you know, is, is hold near and dear to almost every veteran. There's a strong tie between uh, cannabis producers, farmers, and and ex uh, and vets. And yes, vets. I had a good friend. Uh, he was known as Elmo. Kyle. He passed away recently, um, and he did a lot for just education. I mean, I'll miss him every day. But about kicking down, thing was, you know, kicking down, kick the fuck down. Yeah, oh. it's like we, you know, you're profiting enough, you're making enough money, you got to kick the fuck down, like give back. Yeah, yeah. Give yeah, I back. Hear you there. He was huge on that. <laughs> he was huge on, you know, holding people accountable. Like back in the day, a lot of people used an isopropyl for extracts, you know, and he would let people know it wasn't okay and maybe not in the nicest way. But if the person legitimately came back and wanted to know, he would literally teach them. He was big into bubble hash, he'd go out west and, you know, learn. He was oh, really? A, oh, yeah, he was associated with, um, Glenn and Catherine, homegrown healthcare. When Glenn got sick, he went and really helped them out of that. I of didn't the know. bind. I yeah. had no idea. Yeah, no, no. Kyle was a huge. Yeah, he just passed away in March. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, Dynasty just did a, an homage to him. Oh, and, they did. Yeah. See. Yep. Yep. His favorite strain was Moose and Lobster. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, right. they just did a uh, release for him, and it comes with, like, a little sticker. I can't remember what it's called, the strain or the cross, but, you know, he, he did Wilson a lot. Wilson Lobster has been around for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it terrifies me. There, you know, there's a fucking 14-week pheno in that pack. <laughs> wow. Gives me okay. nightmares. Why? Because you want to? No, are you crazy? My dad would kill me. Of course he would. He would Doesn't stop me. you. No, no. I <laughs> no, because that's when you start running into that cross-contamination thing. So you'd have to put that plan in your rum several Are you weeks kidding prior. me? He'd be cutting at day 70, and I'd have to fucking look at people <laughs> like a dickhead. Not doing that. My dad does not stop for no fucking... So in a phenome room, maybe. Just do it for the hell of it, and that's yeah. tell yourself that's the only yeah. time I'll do it. And that's the good well, thing. Well, take a cut first, yeah. and then... That's the, the good thing about the build-out is I want to have, I think the old building is actual do a pheno hunt room because it's, I feel like it's something people aren't exploring enough of and they're not doing it correctly. They think if they get a pack of seeds and they pop a few, that's a pheno hunt. That's not, you need multiple packs. You need to call hard and fast. You need to like really pay attention to everything. Like it's, um, it's continual bringing in new uh, genetics, isn't it? Continue bring in new genetics, yes, but that's what's also keeping the edge and getting something that's different than what everybody else has. But it's popping, you know, 40 seeds. And then when you get those 40 seeds and you pop them, what doesn't take off right away? It's like I used to get emotionally invested in seeds. Well, oh, well, it maybe it will come around. No, now it's like, you know, call hard and fast. I pull it. Yep. Something's not cloning well. Something's not structured well. Kill it. Like, no questions asked. There's You rub it. There's no smell. Kill it. Structure's bad. Kill it. Like, I'm, I show no mercy now. But that's how you find the best ones. You know, you can't, just because you spent $10 per seed, you can't have that emotional investment to that, you know, which I, I used to do it, you know. But my mentors have taught me. And I think that's another thing anybody getting into growing is, like, you need a mentor. You have to. You have to have somebody to keep you, yeah. like, 
somebody who doesn't have anything in stake to in like your game, I think. I have great mentors. I've found myself very lucky. Mine's down in Virginia and he he's amazing. You know, he keeps my ass in line. He doesn't mm. let me believe my own hype. So <laughs> I did a panel a few years ago and it was uh Adam Dunn was on it from uh was it that Nick? Ah, oh, that Nick Cannon. Yeah, one. from THC. He was big in. I mean, reading High Times. He was in it. You know, uh, Sage Master. That's his strain. Like he was. You know, he does the lambs wear. I know what's the. He does a hemp clothing. But he just big deal in the cannabis world back when I was growing up. And I'm on the panel with him. And then afterwards, we're going to the trade show and walking around. And I see uh, Ethos. And I'm like, oh, I really want to get a pack of those Snowball S1s. My mentor looks at me, he said, kid, you just did a panel with Adam fucking Dunn and you're going to go buy some Ethos feminized gear? Like, you you have leveled up, sister. Like, no more of that. Like, you got to level up. So it's like, it's good having those people to, like, keep you, keep you honest. I, yeah, I shouldn't be so hard on, say, uh, a, a few of my friends who, um, they're kind of part-time investments into it. So, okay, I could justify the feminized, but I would expect a little bit different from, from the... I think from what it can offer, genetically speaking, what, what your choices become at that point when you are chasing more phenomes. Yeah, when you're chasing... Instead well, of just I, accepting whatever I mean, when you know, I'm chasing come phenos, out of the fe- I'm, I'm chasing stability. Yeah. Stability is first and foremost. I mean, you can get terpenes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but if you can find the most fire strain, but if, you know, whatever they used to make it feminized, once that, you know, once that starts to get, it's going to lose that after a few runs, the actual chemicals in it that make it that. Yep. So it's like you're going to start seeing some wonky shit and you yeah, see it, it out could, of Yeah, it could harm in yes. that situation, right? It's yeah. got a short period. Short yeah, I usually, day. I'll run them, but I'll run them like three runs. You know what I mean? So, But I think really stability is, you know, it's the name of the game. People don't realize how expensive it is to find that stability either. It's cost a fortune to run these hunts. I can only think that more nurseries are going to start putting uh, popping up when I, when I I suppose they feel like it makes economic sense. Yeah, May needs a really good clone company and they really need, which I've been begging for, is a tissue lab. Yeah, you uh, mentioned that to I've me. I've asked you before. about that. Yep. Four years ago, we got a virus. and Any luck, I, by the way? No. Nope. nope. I, we got a virus four years ago and I had to start a new and I lost, you know, I won second place at the high 95 with our Agent Orange cut. I lost that LA cheese that he loved. I loved Small Boss, which was the only... Oh, this is recent. This was four years ago. Four years ago. years ago. Three, three years, years ago. ago. But I lost... There was... Um, I had the one pheno of Mob Boss that was helping a little girl who was epileptic, and it was the only one that was helping. I used to work closely with Maine um, Children for Cannabis Therapy, so there was a lot of, like, one-off phenos that were specifically for children. I'd like to ask you guys a closing question. 2021, what's that looking like for... for hopefully, for what you're thinking of the future, for, for yourself or for cannabis, or both? 20, I'll let you answer 2021. that 2021, well, we're in the middle of a build-out, so, you know, I'm just hoping it's going to... I don't know. I hope I can continue to grow, but also keep the same, like, fidelity that got me here and not lose track of, you know, it's. I feel like I'm at a constant war inside of myself about you know, growing, but also staying true to like who I am because for myself, this isn't just a job or an industry or a career. This is like a part of the fabric of who I am. And it's not, it's not just the cannabis, it's the morals I learn behind it. It's the like, it's the ethos, the codes, you know, like about how to treat people, you know, like another grower gives you a cut and asks you not to give that out. You don't give that out. So it teaches you because back then it's like, if you lost your word, you lost Everything. You lost your, your connect. You lost your ask us. So you yeah. had to. So now to see all these like woke frat boys pretending, you know, frat boys pretending to be woke in the industry, having no idea, you know, like what it was like back then. Like you had to be likable. You had to be, you know. So I think it's a war in my mind because I know what I could do to, you know, like blow Farley's the fuck up because I always get asked, like, where's your next store? I have no plans for a next store because I want to give, I want to make this the best one I can. I want Farley's to be the place when somebody comes to Maine and they're in Bath and they go to like the local bar and they say the bartender, like when I go to a local bar, I'm like, where do you get breakfast? That's where I want to know. I don't want to know what everybody else. I want to know like, where do you eat with your homies? Yeah, yeah. So I want Farley's yeah. to be that place where it's like, where do you buy your smoke? I want to be like <laughs> Farley's. I don't want to be the place that's all over the magazines, billboards, whatever. I want to be the place where people know like 
that's where the locals want I'm hoping that uh, we have a, a at least a location or two like that in every town or area. Uh, yeah. I think that's sustainable. Um, yeah. Maybe every town, maybe one, but but it needs to be. Yeah. The more the better if it could happen, but I think long term. And also promoting like healthy competition. Yeah. Like I think if there's a few <laughs> cool areas in one spot, I don't like this like cutthroat attitude I'm seeing in the industry. I want to see it more like... You know, the way I view it is if we can have, like, in my area, a few cool spots. Like, because what I love to do on a day off is, like, go grab lunch somewhere and stop at a few spots. Like, chop it up. Like, introduce myself. Like, oh, talk absolutely. about what they're growing. That's a good time like, that's, when you can It's do that. so dope. But the way some stores take it, it's, like, all or nothing. They want complete vertical integration. They want complete ownership of the market. They want to have every top ad on every platform and... God forbid somebody else is, you yeah. know what I mean, taking 5% of their margins. <laughs> so, but, um, and I don't know, for me personally, I just, I feel like to have grown my business and my child to a point, I, would, I feel like I want to get back to like who I am as a person because this business takes like so much Took out a, of you. Takes a lot of commitment, like, yeah, it takes a lot of commitment. I mean, Ten All the commitment that you're not giving to everything else, yeah. and everything else is very slim pickings. Yeah. For yeah. 10 years, I keep saying, I don't know how much longer I can keep up this pace, but it's finally getting to a point where I have enough staff, and I have enough, and it's like, I want to start, like, I want to know who I am again. Because who it's I am... It's going to be a long, long recovery road to find is. that, isn't it? It is. I mean, really. Because who I am, I'm a mother and I'm a grower. It's about it these days. It was sort of, uh, I liken it to, here I am, now I'm trying to open a store and have fun on a podcast. Those aren't uh, the same things I was doing a year or two yes. ago. You know, it's yeah. strange. So. Yeah, I mean, a year or two ago, I was still cooking for a living. Yeah, yeah, you were. Yeah, well, how about you, Dan, in, in the upcoming year? or what, what? What? You've been very involved. You've been very part Farley's. of the scene. Uh, Farley's. Farley's. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Honestly, what I better? what I really want to do is they're doing like, a build out, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. um, I I definitely still see myself in the business. Yeah, um, I don't think I'm ever going anywhere. No, I don't think so. Um, but I hope as, not as, for the industry. You know, as she was saying, you know, I want to try to see more more companies and more storefronts being able to come together for a, a good cause. Yeah, like I would love, like granted, you know, supposedly you know Crystal Springs is like we're rivals with you know every other. You know, dispensary on Main Street, which I mean, there Boring. are quite a few. But I would love to, you know, at Christmas time to come together and you know do like a toys drive or yeah, you know, sponsor, show unity, show unity once in a while. To, yeah, you know, more than know, once in a while, but take it. You know, buy someone or a whole family, you know, a Thanksgiving meal or you know do something to give back to the patients and the people that you know have made us as big and as you know quote unquote wealthy as we are. Yeah, right. It's just, I mean, to me, only natural because. Especially with weed being, or, you know, marijuana being the medicine, why shouldn't we, you know, give back, especially like the elderly or, you know, the single moms that are spending their hard-earned money mm -hmm. to be able to medicate and still be able to provide for their family. Yeah. And yeah. not just that, there's some yeah. companies in Maine who think that they're huge, and they might be for my main standards, but what they don't realize, I mean, with Theory just jumping in the game, I mean, they're going to, they put a two-year project loss into their business plan mm -hmm. to put us out of business so maybe we need to start playing nice together and i did warm my heart on rec opening day to see so many growers being like know your grower you yeah. know support local that yeah. really made I me happy like i really it really did because it wasn't about it's about we've we have a really unique and beautiful thing in Maine and to see so many protecting that because it is. And I think we all realize that whether which side of the coin we're on, but I wish I could see more of the main companies like who maybe think they're big dogs come together because when the real big dogs come on, they're going to stomp on all of I us. I mean, realistically, big dogs in Maine are still chihuahuas compared yes, to people exactly. in Colorado and yeah. California. Look at theory. I mean... There's a lot of years that of. Um, I mean, well, look at Cureleaf too. I know. Cureleaf is a Massachusetts-based business. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying though. But we're all fighting amongst ourselves over little pieces of the pie when we could all have a seat at the fucking table. Yep. You know. There are going to be more towns, more areas that are going to open up in the coming coming year or years. I mean, look at rec sales. Yeah. Fucking terrible. Yeah. Terrible. I, mean, I expected like, I'm it to. I'm sorry. I, I would not pay $61 for an eighth. I don't care if it 
ground itself up, rolled what itself. What if it's L.A. Shot. cheese? No. <laughs> I, I, I pay 40. Okay. But are you going to be going, are you, you're going to sit, sit tight in uh, medical as long as possible, yes? Yes. I mean, I, Is I'm, that kind of the narrative am, at the I'm moment? Gonna, I'm going to make the jump, so I don't want to, like, get it twisted. I will definitely make the jump to wreck at some point. Yep. And a part of me did, the day wreck opened, I did say, like, a silent prayer to myself because it is pretty badass that you can walk into a store without a medical card and buy it. Just for the stoner me, for the 14-year-old little kid. Yep. Who, you know what I mean, had school year joints oh, sure, on yeah, You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, it was it's a cool. little bittersweet, for Yeah, sure. it was bittersweet. It was yeah. just the way it got rolled out. But, you know, we're definitely going to make... I mean, I, I fought a huge battle with my town for two and a half years. I left... I was on a committee. I left a meeting in tears every time. I got told I didn't care about children. Told I was bad for the community. I got told I'm a bad mother. I mean, like, it, it, they were relentless on me in this meeting so it's I fought for that but it wasn't just for me it was for Woolwich to go wreck the other stores and the other farmers you know so yeah it wasn't just about us no no you could have fought for your own license and oh uh, I could have wrote, I wrote the ordinance so everybody yeah. would have been fucked but it's like that wasn't they even said that why are you That's writing happened. it they go why are you writing it for three stores why don't you do one I said because this isn't this is bigger than just me this is about the movement mm-hmm. and this is about you know Power in numbers. Yeah. Exactly. Power in numbers. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming in tonight. Thank Thank you. Appreciate your time. Dan, Sarah. Thank you. And Matt, great to great to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good night. Thanks. Thanks, Gary. I love Paris in the springtime. I love Paris in the fall.